1: Is this the start of baseball's long, dark winter? It is the lockout edition of the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hope everybody enjoyed the free agency frenzy because now baseball is frozen in place for its first work stoppage since the strike of 1994 and 1995. I'm Jay Black, as always, joined by the AJC Braves beat reporter, Gabe Burns. And, Gabe, I know I shouldn't be surprised that this has happened because we've been seeing it growing for years now. But uh, to borrow a bit from PTI, is this work stoppage in December not February but in December a big deal a small deal or no deal
2: well it's always a big deal when there's a work stoppage there's no underplaying how serious that is I mean yeah sure the silver lining I guess is that you know there's not games until I mean you want to look at teams report to spring training second week of February but uh you know you're not having games until you know the beginning of April the end of March so games that matter that is so, you know, can they get something done where you're not compromising any part of the regular season? I mean, that remains to be seen. It seems Manfred said in his statement that this was to move the process forward, and the union basically said, well, this wasn't necessary at all. And uh, The whole thing, I mean, we knew it was going to be messy. Uh, we got a preview of it last year when these parties couldn't reach an agreement on the season, and Manfred ended up implementing the 60-game season. So we know it's going to be messy uh, we know it's going to be a long time. Uh, the big question is, you know, how obviously how different will the baseball landscape be when they do reach an agreement? That is free agency and whatnot. The postseason, or will there be an expanded postseason and, and that kind of stuff? And obviously, uh, when that gets done, and you know, is it going to result in a shortened spring training, or, or is it going to cost? Uh, is it going to cost MLB some regular season games as well?
1: Got a lot to dig into here. What this fight's about what the mood of the room is, and then we'll also look at the moves the Braves have made before the lockout was implemented. I do want to remind you that your subscription to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution helps fund our journalism, and we cannot do it without you, so thank you for that. Now, if you're not a subscriber, visit ajc.com champs and subscribe today. By the way, the Braves won the World Series. If you forgot, you'll get the most complete Braves coverage throughout the year with unlimited digital access to ajc.com and the e-paper. So check that out now at ajc.com/champs for your subscription options, as low as ninety-nine cents for the first month. Now, I, I think most people would agree that there are some legitimate issues to fight over here in this lockout, and we'll get to all of that. But it's still millionaires and billionaires bickering over a massive pot of money, and I think yesterday, Gabe kind of brought all this into really the most baseball of headlines right now. Teams commit a record $1 billion in contracts, and in the same day, both sides negotiated for a whole seven minutes and walked out.
2: Yeah, I mean, the optics of it are obviously bad. They were bad last year, especially last year during the pandemic when they couldn't reach an agreement. But but again, we knew, I mean, this, was talk, this has been talked about for years that this was coming just because there was a big spending spree on uh, a lot, several of the elite guys doesn't mean that the sport is in a healthy place. I agree that it isn't. I think there's several things in this system that need to be looked at and changed. And obviously the owners feel one way about it and the union feels another way. Uh, and they're in two different stratospheres right now. I think even when you look at like the luxury tax threshold, um, when you look at the, I mean, I think the players said they wanted, they were proposing it at about one or a two forty, and the owners were looking at like two fourteen. I mean, that, yeah. we're we're talking about a really big difference on just about every single issue that they're debating here. Uh, obviously, the length, of, you know, free agency when players can reach free agency. I think we're definitely going to get an expanded postseason of some sort. Whether that, you know, however many teams that is remains to be determined. But it seems like that's inevitable. The universal DH. I mean that that also feels inevitable. So there are some things that you know are, are coming and they're going to change the outlook of baseball. But there are several really important things, really when, when players are going to hit free agency. I mean, that, that's a big deal because there has been – the service time manipulation thing has not been good for the sport. It hasn't been good for the players, obviously. Uh, a lot of teams – I mean, Max Scherzer just got a contract that, you know, he's making as much as, you know, the Guardians roster, the Pirates roster – I mean, I mean, it's just ridiculous, and you're not going to have a salary cap, but there are several kind of really core issues that need to be addressed here.
1: I know the the players, and and I know fans despise um, service time manipulation, but how? I mean, how do you stop somebody from doing that when you know that numbers are being counted? No matter when the however you count the days, they're still going to push it back.
2: Well, look, you you, just, you scrap that system altogether. Well, I, I don't I don't have all the answers and I haven't been sitting at a table for for yeah. hours discussing it with people but yes. this the system itself it's kind of like what Scott Boris was saying. one of the you know normally I don't find myself agreeing with him that often That's, but that's, in this, a, that's, a, that's
1: an interesting side to take, but carry on
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> but when you look at it, the, I'm not, not going to blame a team for taking advantage of the system that's in place. I mean you can do that you can look at the NFL and you can look at the NBA and they have the same type of things. I mean tanking like they're talking about maybe a draft lottery. I don't think teams are not tanking for for individuals. This isn't the NBA where teams were tanking for Zion or whatever but it's just more of the teams are cutting down on their costs. You know, they're trying to trade guys, build up the minor leagues that stay cheap. Um, And and basically what the union is saying is these young, cheap players, I mean, teams want these younger players. They should be compensated better because they're more desirable at this point. And they're right, you know, they're right there. It's just the the whole thing. There's just it's so different on these two sides that uh, that's why it feels like this thing is going to be. I mean, it already is really ugly, but it's going to stay ugly for a while, and we'll see how long it drags out.
1: Do you – because we got a kind of glimpse of this a couple of years ago, how tense it was when we saw teams take forever to sign some pretty good free agents like Craig Kimbrel and Dallas Keuchel couldn't get a deal until well into the season. And then it was really ugly during the, the pandemic. Do you still – do you think the anger between the two sides has thawed a little, or is it still that tense?
2: No, I think it's clearly pretty tense. I mean, it was tense a year ago. Um, again, when they were negotiating, trying to negotiate a short season, I mean, they couldn't agree on anything. Basically. Knowing
1: how knowing how truly terrible it looked, and they still couldn't agree on anything.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I understand that both sides want, of course they're going to say they don't want to miss games, and maybe they won't. I mean, it is a long time until, obviously, until opening day and even until uh, the spring training slate starts, but – I mean, right now, I I don't really see any reason for optimism at all. Um, You know, obviously, there needs to be some urgency. But I mean, with the way that these parties handled everything last year, uh, as it stands right now, there's just not really a reason to be optimistic. I mean, they they just they don't seem very (laughs) inclined to compromise at all. And eventually, that's going to have to change. But right now, again, there's not really much of a reason to be hopeful that this is resolved anytime soon.
1: Is that the the real the biggest hurdle we're seeing right now? Is trying to get teams to spend money when when they're not all that motivated to compete, and figuring out how to get players to free agency quicker and pay them more.
2: I mean that's that's one of them. Uh, there's several core issues, but I mean that's one you're going to hear about a lot. Yeah, is is players getting paid, and it's it's like when when we talk about the idea. Basically, that the owners had about players reaching free agency at age 29 and a half. Um, you know, Corey Seeger just got over $300 million at age 27. The best age we know to hit free agency, um, and there, not many players do, but these guys who, you know, debut early, you got the Bryce Harpers of the world, you know, I think Juan Soto is slated to be there, but if you can hit free agency and you're a big star in your, in your mid 20s, You're going to get a really big contract. Twenty-nine, it's a little bit different, and it's not just about those guys either, because those guys are getting paid. Even though Bryce Harper and Manny Machado didn't sign until spring training, they got paid. Corey Seager just got paid. Marcus Simeon, who is 31, he just got paid. But there's a lot of other guys who are not making, who are never going to make that type of money. So you understand where the players – they're representing all the players, not just the upper class and obviously not just the the lowest level major leaguer, but there are a lot of guys who just aren't getting to kind of capitalize. And you you understand – certainly understand where the players' union is coming from here.
1: Yes, even though it you know, is – we're talking hundreds of millions to billions of dollars, it's still a, a union seeing the piece of the pie that they feel they are entitled to shrinking because of revenues increasing with television money and and you can certainly understand their positions here espn crunched some numbers about this is more about baseball's middle class and since 2015 baseball's middle class as they had defined it made an average of 11 million dollars in 2015 this past year in 2020 it was 6.2 that's that's off
2: yeah no it's it's been tough on the middle class and i mean this is big business here i mean this is we you know yeah there's a lot of money um that most of us can't really relate to but that but that doesn't matter that that's the money that they're dealing with here and the players kind of feel like they've been getting you know the short end of the stick and we saw what happened with Chris Bryant obviously we saw it here with Ronald Acuña right so the service time manipulation just the way that uh you know a lot of free agents are just getting you know, a minor league deal or a minimum, a one, you know, $1 million deal, that type of stuff. Um, and then, you know, the Corey Seegers of the world will get theirs. But it is tough for the middle class right now. And that's something that the players union is trying to solve and the owners. Um, obviously, they see it quite differently. And, you know, Manfred did a press conference today. And he, I mean, even in his statement, he, he said that he thought that, what the union was proposing would hurt the competitive integrity or whatever of, uh, of baseball. So, I mean, they are just on totally different ends of the spectrum right now.
1: How much How much does it also contribute to the baseball's trouble in the middle class? The teams appear to be getting smarter and say, hey, maybe it's not worth paying a 32-year-old $17 million anymore.
2: Well, it's, it's changed the way – It certainly changed the way, obviously, the teams approach it. Baseball is a lot different now than it was in 2005, right? Obviously, all sports are, but just in the way that teams evaluate talent, the way that they handle their rosters, uh, the way that they perceive value is a lot different. So what the union wants, they want to figure out. They want a way that their guys are still obviously compensated for this and that there, that the pay scale can work with kind of the way that MLB is gone. I don't have the answer to that. Yes, <laughs> um, There's a lot of things that have been thrown out. Uh, some of them I like, some of them I don't. Uh, this is not an easy thing. Like for as much criticism as, you know, the union and the owners are are going to take here, uh, this is certainly not an easy thing to figure out. And you can't understand kind of, you understand where even if you don't agree with them you, you can kind of mostly understand where both sides are uh, are coming from and uh, you're going to agree with one or the other uh, i tend to i tend to lean toward the union on most of these issues but i mean certainly there's just a, there's a lot at play
1: baseball structure and it's been in place since the, the 70s the, the arbitration structure it makes it like nearly impossible for a player to get paid what he's truly worth at the time because the first three years, the team, no matter how good you are, tells you what your salary is, and it's going to be very, very low. See the rapid rise of Ron Lacuna, for example, before he got his extension. Then you can arbitrate, but you still can't leave that team and go get a better deal if somebody finds more for you. And now the owners and in, in the front office have gotten smarter. So in the old days, you got paid for what you used to do, not necessarily what you're going to do. Now now the team seem like, okay, we're not going to pay you when you're young, but we're trying not to pay you when you're old either.
2: Yeah, and look, that's the way that the teams, you know, again, you talk about these teams have the data in front of them, and they know what's best for their organization, and they're and they're doing what they need to do. Um, and it does it does screw over some of the players. Uh, so the NBA has a system uh, where you can reach restricted free agency in four years, and that allows these kind of certainly the upper echelon guys, but they they can get paid and, you know, teams are allowed to match the contract. So essentially, you know, a team does have a lot of control uh, over a player. And in the NFL, of course, you have, you know, four-year contract, your first-round pick, you have a fifth-year option and and all. But NFL careers, I mean, they can't really compare with baseball. NFL careers are shorter and NBA players enter the league a lot younger uh, than most baseball players will, obviously. I mean, MLB is just unique. Right. And again, I don't have the answers to this. Um, but it's really, it's fascinating to follow. Um, it's fascinating to think about, and it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. It's going to play out with a lot of animosity and that, and again, you you have to understand where the players are coming from there. And, and certainly, I mean, I, I understand where the owners, what the owners are thinking too. Um, but the current system as it is, it's just going to continue to get worse from the players' perspective, so something does need to change.
1: Well, we, what seems very likely to happen in the CBA as we shift off the money is is a lot of the rules um, will look different in 2022. We'd already mentioned that expanded playoffs all, now almost seem to be a certainty. There's there's a couple of proposals out there. The league wants to go to 14. The players say 12 is fine. Are you okay with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've been pro postseason expansion just because I think MLB.
1: We're about to have a fight it, here, so make sure you got a good position because I am coming well, at you. So go ahead. Well,
2: I just think MLB needs to needs to increase interest, and I, I think one way to do that is by opening up the postseason to more markets. I am not looking at this from a competitive standpoint. I am looking at this as MLB just needs to grow the game, um, and, and I think that. Their, one of their means of doing that would be to expand the postseason and that way you can get more markets in. Um, I think you know if you're like Arizona or Colorado, if you're a team like that, I mean you're just you're always going to be facing an uphill climb with the way divisions are structured right now and expanding the playoffs does give those teams perhaps a little bit more hope, a little bit more opportunity if they can be competent. Uh, so you look at it like that. I mean, more, I think that certainly MLB would have benefited from having the blue Jays in the postseason this past year. Uh, it felt like that team was primed for a run and they fell just short. Uh, Seattle of course, hasn't made it in two decades and it would have been really cool to see them in. So, I mean, I understand, uh, people want to keep the playoffs as they are, or, you know, expand the wild card to three games or whatever. And, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I've always kind of been pro. I don't want it to be like the NBA where you're letting everybody in, but uh, I do understand with where baseball is right now, I, I think it would benefit them to, you know, to have more teams in and to just have more of those those games because so much of baseball feels like it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, it's not on the national scale of uh, these, you know, Tuesday games in July or whatever. But if you expand the postseason, you're creating more games that really matter nationally, and I think that would be really good for the sport right now.
1: I I I despise this. I I I despise playoff expansion, especially. And I, I understand the, the need to keep more teams interested, where where they don't feel like their games matter after June. I I get that, but. What's the point of playing 162 games if half the league's going to make the playoffs? Because the NBA, those games don't really matter either because you really know the four, five teams that matter. And it all comes down to a three-month tournament. Now, baseball would only be a one-month tournament. If you do expand the playoffs, I want there to be a bigger penalty for the teams that barely sneak in. All right, fine. You got in. That, that's great. I know the the proposal for the first round is all three games at home from the from the from the league. If they have the the extra round and the top seed gets to gets to sit out a week, I don't see how that's going to work. The top seed gets to sit out four days. I don't see how that's going to help. But I I, there's the the, there's got to be a whole point to playing 162 games besides half the league makes the playoffs. But yes, that is a bigger problem that no regular season game in baseball feels big anymore until you get down to a pennant run. I don't see how expanding the playoffs is going to help that because, you know, half the league is going to make it anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, part of my thing when I – I've wanted the playoffs expanded for a while, but I also want the regular season cut down. I think it's too long. But what about the but records? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, But I also understand, like, people are saying, why would you want less of something you love? If you love baseball, why would you want fewer games? So, I mean, I understand that logic too um i just think that the season i mean look this the bottom line this is why football is king or this is part of why football is king scarcity is important you, you play once a week your games matter right now you look at the nfl and like in the nfc i think we know five maybe even maybe even six now of the playoff teams san francisco seems to be in good shape and then you have several teams competing for that last spot that the nfl expanded that one i didn't like as much but Uh, it's just, it's very compelling. It's compelling year round. We're seeing college football too, and you're never going to have that in the NBA and you're never going to have that in MLB. But I mean, there are things that you can do and you know, the NBA, everyone kind of laughed at how big their playoffs are. They add the play. in So they let even more teams in, but that was interesting to watch. So I don't, again, I don't have the answers here. Um, But certainly it does feel like that the postseason expanding is inevitable. It's just a matter of how many teams it expands to.
1: I I, I defaulted the position that I want the teams that deserve to play for the title in any sport playing for the title. And I was fine fine with baseball system. I didn't mind the one wild card. I actually liked the second wild card because in theory, even though it didn't really work out this way, in theory it did punish you for being a wild card team and reward – the team that won the division and had the best record, even though it it, it didn't seem to matter, but in theory, that's how it works. So I, I'm st- I, I would rather see the division series go to seven games and make that more of an identifier of the best team instead of what what appears to be all, almost a total crapshoot in five.
2: Yeah, I mean that's something too. I mean that's that's an interesting discussion. Um, certainly, it would have been fun to see seven games of Dodgers Giants this past year, or Rays Red Sox, or any of those those. You know, entertaining series, but uh, we'll see. I mean, again, I'm I'm pretty interested to see how it plays
1: out. And that's 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 one place that expanded wild card hurt is now your 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 two best rivalries, the Dodgers and the Giants. Well, maybe your three: the Dodgers and the Giants, the Cubs and the Cardinals, and the Yankees and the Red Sox will never meet in the LCS in the current structure because one will be the wild card and one will be the division champ, and they would have to meet in a five game series in the first round. I'd be all for reseeding after the wildcard game. So you identify, there's no obstacles to identifying the best team, but that's a podcast for another day. We're going to step out here for just a second, tell you about some good holiday opportunities for the Braves fan your life and come back and look at the Braves moves right here on the Braves Report podcast.
0: When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside hospital heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers. So we're here when you need us most, we lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran
2: political voices, Greg Blustein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.
1: All right, back here on the Braves Report Podcast with Jay Black, Gabe Burns. And don't forget, if you're an Atlanta United fan, we got a new episode of Southern Fried Soccer. Our AJC beat reporter Doug Robertson will take an in-depth look at the team's moves following the end of the twenty twenty one season. Also what he can expect from the five stripes heading into twenty twenty two. And the Braves have had some off season moves as well, um, but not the big ones. So, um Gabe, when's Freddie signing?
2: Well, it's gonna be a while now <laughs> because we, we don't know uh when this lockout is gonna end. And obviously, there were some rumors right before the lockout that uh, the Dodgers were very interested. Uh, the Yankees had been interested. Toronto was interested. So those are—I mean, those are all teams that have plenty of money. They would offer him an opportunity to win. So I mean, those I would certainly consider them viable alternatives, especially the Dodgers, uh, given that's where he's from and where he lives.
1: And his parents are Canadian.
2: Yeah, he has alternatives as it looks right now. You know, there was a there was a report out of LA that the, the, the Dodgers are pretty engaged. We don't know, you know, how true necessarily that is, but they lost Seager and they lost Scherzer, and their hope was to certainly retain one of those two. So now they kind of have money freed up that they weren't, that they were kind of budgeting for somebody else. I, I mean, I think that, you know, they're an option. I, I would still bet on Freddie staying just because, I mean, it just seems incomprehensible that they could let him go, but... Uh, look, all, all attention will be uh, centered on that whenever uh, MLB resumes again.
1: And this lockout can't exactly be good for the Braves here, that even though teams technically can't talk to him, he still has plenty of time to sit around and think about, oh, hey, maybe there is some other options out here and the proposals that have already been put in front of him. And when you have the Dodgers and the Yankees sniffing around, those teams can pay a lot more than the Braves will.
2: Yeah, which was part of the argument of why aren't they signing him before he reaches free agency? Because when he gets there, then you let a team like that get involved, the price goes up even more. So, I, look, I still think he stays, but if the Braves tick him off, or if you know the money is too good, he certainly. From judging by different reports, he certainly seems to have some very good alternatives in. You know, the Dodgers, Yankees, Blue Jays, those type of franchises that um, certainly have their own appeal uh, aside from money. And uh, all of them are positioned to win.
1: How much was the Marcelo Zuna situation slowing down the Freddie Freeman situation?
2: I don't think it was at all because they already knew they were going to have to pay him. Okay. So that that money was already uh, that money's already on the books. I I mean, we can look the Freddie Freeman situation. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, I thought it it would have it would have and should have been resolved uh, during spring training. Um, I I never expected it to reach this point. Now we're at the lockout. He's still unsigned, so he's going to be unsigned for another you know few months, I guess. And that's all the reporting you hear from other markets as well. As teams, you know, expect him to stay, but they're surprised that he's still available. And that's kind of the general view around MLB right now. Is it's, it's a surprise that he's still out there, and for him to still be out there too, I, it, it obviously puts other teams in play and it opens the door, even if it's just cracked, for him potentially leaving. And that's just that's a bad situation. Uh, you know, the Braves are the defending champs now nothing but good vibes around this franchise but but losing Freddie would i mean that would be look there there's no <laughs> there's no understating it that'd be a pretty devastating blow for the franchise i
1: think and there's no excuse or I would be very curious to hear what it is if that if that happens how you defend that
2: yeah well I, I mean my take is I'm fine with giving him the sixth year if if it comes down to that and they might view this differently. It's not my money, and it's not my you know, it's not my job at stake here. So I think he's going to age well. I think Freeman's game will age well, and even if he did drop off at the end of the contract, it would be worth it. I think that Freddie is one of those guys. The amount of money you're going to make from him, having him, the merchandise and whatnot. I mean, it's going to pay for a lot of it. So I, I really, the, the whole thing when I just look at it, I mean, if you told me that Freddie you know, starts to decline and the last year or two is, you know, not what you want it to be. I, I, I could live with that, but it's not, again, it's not my money. It's not my job at stake. And we know how these teams view this stuff. We know how they view where to put your resources and whatnot. It's a whole different discussion. So I don't know. Um, But I will just say that I am surprised he's not signed and, Uh, like everyone else, I think it would be a huge mistake if they let him go.
1: What are the chances Ozuna is playing for the Braves in 2022?
2: Well, right now the chances are – I mean, it's very real. It's very possible. He's eligible now for for opening day. They're paying him. He's on the roster. I mean, could they look to flip him for another contract? Sure. Takes two to tango. We'll see about that. You're not going to cut him and eat all that money. That's just not – that's not on the table. I would, I would say the chances are real right now, um, and he would be a DH candidate. We're still way away from that. We, you know, we'll have to see. Is there going to be a universal DH? You know, ninety-nine percent sure there will be, but uh, how things look once the once the lockout ends. But yeah, I mean, there is certainly a, a good chance at this point uh, that he that he's there. But I also wouldn't be surprised if if they were able to kind of find a deal where maybe they flip in and just take on another contract, and and uh, you know, we'll see how all it plays
1: out. You okay with uh, never seeing a pitcher hit again in the major leagues?
2: Yeah, I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I I mean, I grew up a National League guy. I used to be kind of a traditionalist, and now I've kind of gone the other way, and 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 I'm
1: I'm fine with it. I I, I kind of am in the same boat. I, I I love the I love the strategy that's involved. I hate watching a pitcher hit 052 and flail away and look like I can do that. So it's no longer competitive at bat. I've accepted it. It's fine. DH is going to be in the National League next year. Part of my soul is hurt by it, but I'm going to accept the fact that I don't have to watch Mike Fultonavich or somebody of his struggling ilk at the plate flail away like he has absolutely no clue. Yeah, exactly. The Braves have not been able to jump into any of the big money contracts yet in this uh, free agency frenzy, but they have made a couple of additions in the bullpen. Uh, Let's start with uh, uh, Kirby Yates. Hasn't pitched in a couple of years, but he looked good the last time he was on the mound in 19.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's a good pitcher when he's healthy. You know, obviously there's some some risk here. Wasn't an expensive contract, so, but I mean, they could, if if they hit on this guy, I mean they they could certainly uh, add a really good piece to their bullpen. I mean, that's really my only thought on it. Is uh, it's, it's all health dependent. We haven't we still haven't seen him in a while, so you, you hope that the the performance can still be there. But I, I, I I'm fine with it. It's a it's a nice upside play, and obviously they liked him before, so. Yeah, well, we'll I, I, it could be a good addition for him.
1: One, one, one more small deal that got uh, got done a couple of days ago. Darren O'Day's coming back on a, on a minor league deal.
2: Yeah, he was, he was always a, a joy to be around. Yeah. Good personality guy. I mean, sure, I mean, maybe you have something there, maybe you don't. But why not? I mean, you're going to need bullpen depth throughout a season, assuming that this season is 162 games. Even if it's not, you're going to need guys. And uh, he was a good fit in Atlanta, and everybody really liked him. So, you know – it's good that they brought him back.
1: Surprised that Richard Rodriguez did not get a contract.
2: Yeah, not surprised at all. He he got he got phased out of their plans. Um, really tough finish for him in September, and he wasn't on he wasn't on the postseason roster. So uh, that's a guy who you know he'll be a worthy flyer for another team. I think um, to take to take a look at one that's you know really needing some bullpen help, but uh, here with the, with the arms they have now and. You know the financial situation. I, I kind of I had
1: expected him to be uh, to be let go. Yeah, uh, Johan Camargo um, era appears to be over.
2: Yeah, they they let him go, and he he signed with Philadelphia on uh the, on Thursday night or Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night. He's he's a guy. He didn't. It obviously didn't work out. He couldn't hit, um,
1: which is a problem.
2: Yeah. So, but you know, he had he had some moments. Uh, handling third base for the Braves. So he'll be a guy, you know, he's, he could be a decent utility. We'll see how it goes in Philadelphia for him. But, you know, Braves fans were already making jokes about here comes Camargo, you know, hitting a – having a two-homer game or something bizarre, coming up with a clutch <laughs> hit or whatever against the Braves. I mean, that's entirely possible. But, uh, you know, the Braves keep Orlando Arcia and – and R.C. is a, a better player than Camargo. So, I mean, ultimately, there wasn't really a spot for Camargo anymore.
1: I thought that was kind of an interesting little deal where it was two years guaranteed for a utility player. It wasn't much money, but the guaranteed money I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean R.C. is a, he, he's a nice bench guy, I think. Uh, you're going to need these kind of guys, Heredia, who they kept. Depending on how your outfield looks, I mean, he could be a big part of it start the season, we'll see. But, I mean, these guys, these are very valuable very valuable could be a bit of a stretch for some of them. But, but look, depth is Useful. valuable. Yeah, I mean, depth is going to be valuable over the course of a season. And and for and this team last year, if you remember when they entered the season, they were very concerned about their bench. They were concerned about their depth. You know, they got uh, the last bit of magic that Pablo Sandoval had. That helped carry them for a bit. I mean, this team has done a good job with that because you had even Preston Tucker uh, was great for a month or whatever before Acuna came up. A few, and Charlie Culberson had a year. I mean, they've done a good job kind of getting production out of places you wouldn't really expect. But, you know, keeping a guy like Arcia, keeping Heredia, I mean, those are those are certainly valuable guys to have around.
1: Braves, do not let Adam Duvall uh, go away again.
2: No, I, I think they made the right decision there.
1: So it's a, it'll be arbitration now, right? One year deal if they don't work something out probably around nine million dollars and then he's a free agent that's what his status would be if they do not agree to a long-term deal
2: yeah so yeah it would be around mlb trade rumors projects around that nine million dollar mark maybe they can reach an agreement uh you can't non-tender him again i guess you could have but especially with their situation too i i i think they made the right call i think to is a uh is a good guy to have around and you know, with Ozuna back, we'll, we don't know how that's going to play out. But you have Duvall, you have Acuna uh, coming back. We'll see what becomes of the three free agent outfielders. But, you know, if you're going to keep Duvall, if you are stuck with Ozuna and you have Acuna coming back, I mean, we're it'll be interesting to see uh, who, if any of those guys, returns.
1: What do the Mets get for their uh, back-to-back Hot Stove League championship?
2: <laughs> um, you know what? I, I like – I I like what they've done. Um, expectations were high last year. Uh, Vegas was really high on them. I, I mean, I didn't think they were going to turn it around that quickly under Cohen. They still don't even have a manager, which is which is interesting. Yes, but I just think in time that they they, they will be really competitive. I I do believe that. I know we we all like making jokes about them and everything. I, I really liked the Scherzer signing for them. That's a lot of money. It's uh, a whole lot of money for three years to a 37 year old. So there's certainly risk in it. But in theory, you have Scherzer and Degrom. Uh, Starling Marte is a really good player. That's a good gift for them. Yeah, I, I, I like what they've done. Uh, I would not put them above the Braves right now. Um, people will. They did last year. I think it's. I think it's crazy. Right now, to do that, even with the state of the Braves trying to fit now, if Freddie leaves or something, we'll talk about it. But uh, I still, I I mean, look, the Braves are the—they won the World Series. They're going to be the favorites entering this thing Um, again, unless you lose Freddie. Maybe you know, then we, you know, things are a little bit different. But assuming that they are able to keep him, they—they are going to, they should, and they should enter enter the season as favorites.
1: Surprised that uh, at this point, it does not appear the Phillies or the Nationals have gotten any better.
2: Well, the Nationals are are pretty bad, um, so they've they've got a ways to go. Uh, you know, Philly is is kind of they've already upgraded their bullpen. We'll see what else they're able to do. Um, they were mentioned as maybe a dark horse for Correa. That's that's, that's a lot of money. Uh, I, I don't I don't know if I could really see that, but I don't think the Phillies are are that far off. Um, we'll see again what they can continue to do with their bullpen, but. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think they're anywhere close to the Braves right now, uh, which is good news, obviously, if you're a Braves fan. And the Mets are are to be determined because while I like what they've done, um, they've they've signed some older players, and and we'll again, we'll just see. I mean, father, what's that? Father time is undefeated, right? I yes. guess unless you're Tom Brady, so. Uh, we'll see, you know, how things play out with Scherzer this upcoming season. I mean, I really, I, again, I, I can't stress enough how much I like the Martegu for them. I, I, that's a really good pick
1: up. That, that seemed to be kind of a fair, a fair number for a very good player. Four for 78 seemed about right. Yeah. Dynamic, got, got a dynamic player there, not an overpay at all.
2: Yeah. They need, they needed a guy like him too. I, I think he's going to be a really good fit there. And he, he's going to be a guy that everyone really likes, I think he's going to produce. I think, mean, and i and look, uh, I mean, any team getting Max Scherzer, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, the money is big. Quite frankly, if I'm the Mets, if I'm Cohen, I don't care. And they don't care. No, they and, don't. and that's good for them. I mean, it, it may not, you know, maybe the last year doesn't work. Maybe all three years work. I don't know. I mean, I just know that Scherzer's a guy that I would bet on. And if I had their financial resources and their payroll, I wouldn't really care how much I paid him annually either.
1: You still going to bet on him after the last thing we heard from him was, my arm is dead?
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, that was and that was a that was a big thing. That was a big part of the braves dodgers series, right? Uh, I don't know. That's we'll find out. But I mean, certainly, uh, same thing with with Verlander. Uh, there are there are certain guys who, even at an older age, I would happily bet on, and and Verlander and Scherzer are two of them.
1: Before we go, uh, you're going to be back in the saddle uh, on Saturday uh, with a different sport, covering the SEC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Got a pick.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it was the line uh, Georgia six and a half. I think, I think that's right. That's the last I saw. I think Georgia covers Alabama. Couldn't stop Auburn's pass rush. I don't think this Bama team is nearly as good as anywhere close to their last few. I don't think so. I I think Georgia
1: finally finally breaks through this weekend. Very simple for Georgia. If not now, when?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you couldn't. It couldn't have lined up any better for them. If if they can't, if they can't do it this year, man, that that would that would be tough because it, it really has lined up
1: uh, lined up every way for them. All right, so we will uh, wrap it up there, and we'll be back uh, here in the future with more. Uh- Hopefully uh, not long, dark winter talk. Uh, as Hopefully this lockout won't last too long, but it's Major League Baseball. You never know. Uh, but uh, as we continue to pop out uh, these Braves Report podcasts, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. We do want your feedback. Tell us what you're enjoying about the show. Tell us what you don't like, and we'll try to fix it for you. Uh, so, Gabe, uh, have fun at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's good to talk to you again.
2: Absolutely.